Hello. Hello, hello. Hi. Another episode. Yes, another episode. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I got my ass kicked by Iceland this week. <laughs> <laughs> the new kid in school. Uh, I am dead. Uh, yeah, first week of school. Okay. So, um, yeah. <laughs> in Icelandic. In Icelandic, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, first day of first year of my new um, degree. And it's all in Icelandic. And I have so mixed... I don't even know how to... I have such mixed emotions mm -hmm. about it. Yeah. I'm so excited. So excited. You know how excited I've been about this course. Yeah. Um, and I'm also dead. Yeah. It's been one week and I am so exhausted. And it's so funny because we like... Sometimes when we're recording this podcast, I feel like I'm... At, I've like been through it, you know? <laughs> it's just getting started. <laughs> it's just getting started. Yeah. It's just getting started. And I feel like I'm back at the beginning and having all of those like insecurities that we're always talking about. But I like, I often think about people that are doing, like, because you're learning graphic design, but mm -hmm. in Icelandic. Mm -hmm. And I think about people that are like Sava, our friend, or mm -hmm. like our, some of our friends also that are taking just like a bachelor's degree in Icelandic. Mm. And I think that is just so inspirational and just crazy, actually. And you're going to learn so much probably really quickly. Yeah, I really hope so. So I'm just like diving in. Look I'm, at Sava now. Like she's fluent. She speaks almost like, <laughs> oh. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to get everyone to speak Icelandic with me. So we had like, okay. oh my God, it was so stressful. In class. Yeah. So we had like that classic first day of school, like, go around say something about yourself like even this in english like I in english my like, heart is like yeah, beating absolutely um, and i had like basically rehearsed this speech in my head <laughs> in icelandic <laughs> like and i basically said you know yeah, what did you say i said that i you know my name is kalechi blah 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 blah. um i like understand icelandic so you can continue to speak icelandic to me and i'll speak either english or icelandic back did you tell people like yeah get a line to tell you yeah yeah, I, was, I did it all in Icelandic. I was yeah, actually quite proud of myself. Wow. That's already like a milestone, just like, just that. It was. Introducing yourself in front of an entire class, like in Icelandic. When I tell you, my heart was racing. Oh my gosh. I, I could, all, I was I like, feel the guy you. next to me could hear my heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's fine. <laughs> Everything is fine. <laughs> but yeah, so, so that's been really good. And like, one of my goals is to like, come out, like when I finish this degree, this when I finish this degree I want to be really comfortable talking and working in Icelandic mm -hmm. um and you're really setting yourself up for that I think yeah I hope so like the first day I was like super excited the next day I came home my family was like oh how was school I was like fine <laughs> I was like I don't understand everything like everyone speaks so fast and like yeah. everyone is making a real effort to speak Icelandic to me which I really appreciate it's mm -hmm. what I asked for and I understand everything. What I'm realizing is that I'm understanding everything three seconds too slow. Yeah. So like the conversation's going mm -hmm. and I'm like just like figuring out what the guy said like two seconds yeah. ago, you know. So I still And you're like, I feel like you in English are like really on top of it. Like at least, I mean, we haven't been in school. Like we've been in a little bit of school together. Yeah. But like you can, you'll be really quick to like ask a question and raise your hand and like, but I'm sure it's really difficult in Icelandic. It's like, it passes by quickly and it's kind of difficult to, uh, you know, contribute much. Yeah, just to keep up. And I don't want to be, I don't want to be that person who's like not contributing, you know, yeah. not saying anything. It'll come though, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure it will. And you're gonna, yeah, I think that just by the end of this year, 
I bet you're going to be so much more comfortable just like being in an Icelandic setting. Yeah. Because like, I don't think like, for example, I'm not putting myself out of my comfort zone so much right now in like Icelandic. Like I speak English at work and things like this, mm -hmm. but I think that this is going to be just, well, like such a growth yeah, opportunity I, for you. I, I genuinely, like I feel the growth. The growth yeah. is happening. The, yeah. the growing pains are happening. Like yeah. I feel like my brain at the end of the day has grown, wow. like stretched yeah. <laughs> out. Um, but yeah, so I'm tired, but happy. Yeah. I feel like it's, it feels right. Mm -hmm. It's difficult, but it's. Yeah. But it's good. Yeah. I feel like everything is happening at the same time for yeah. kind of both of us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like all of our family here. Yeah. Like you're starting school. Like, I don't know. There's just a lot of things like randomly going on yeah. in my life. But yeah. it's like everything's happening at the same time. It's like when it rains. Just it, keep swimming. Yeah. Just keep swimming. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But we wanted good. to do like Lugumir and go to a bunch of trips. And it's just like when the weekend comes around, it's we need to just slide down yeah do absolutely and watch netflix or just do something yeah but how are you how has your week been um it's been good um really busy but pretty good um my parents are still visiting in town and they have their friends over and they're staying in our room so now i moved over to Thunder's parents house mm -hmm. so we've been like out of out of the house um it's fine. Feels like you're on like a, a little mini like staycation. Yeah, <laughs> love <like> that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> love it. I love that. Staycation um, to Saltillanes. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's nice. We have like new walking routes, so it's always nice to like yeah, just change of scenery. Yeah, definitely. And like we were, we it's just easy to go walk over to Brønko, and I like going to Melbu then, and like mm. these little things that I don't do in Kaushnes, but like yeah, so it's nice. I'm pretty good. But yeah, are you? enjoying the change in season because i am oh yes i didn't realize i would love it so much i was about Autumn. to buy a candle today <laughs> i was just like smelling all the candles i'm so ready for this it's so getting ready. cozy i had my first white russian of the season <laughs> i didn't let myself drink them in the summer no <laughs> you can't be drinking white russian the in hot, the midnight summer <laughs> <laughs> it's just way too yeah yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> too hot out yeah that would be ridiculous i'm already ready for yeah, just like full on fall and Christmas. I'm, I'm ready to get cozy. Yeah, I'm so ready for that. And just like, I mean, I love how it's been dark, but I'm ready even like for the darkness to come a little bit earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's perfect if it's like dark at five, because then you go to the, you can go to the swimming pool after work and it's just like so cozy. Yeah, and dark at five, then you like you go to work in the dark and you come home in the dark. That's when it starts getting a little bit challenging. But yeah, I know true. what you mean. It's yeah. super cozy. Yeah. Those evenings, are, yeah. I mean, for some time. Yeah. Like right now, I'm excited about that. Yeah. But it's going to be like, you know, in January, I'll be Done. excited about summer. Yeah. yeah. So that's the beauty that's, of living in Iceland. That is the best thing about Iceland. I, I'm always looking forward to the next season. Yeah. It's, it was not like this in California. It was like another sunny day. Like Ooh. so boring. So yeah. I'm happy to be here. Shall we discuss who we just spoke to? Yes. Let's get into it. Yes. So we had on the podcast with us, Catherine Gunnarsson. Mm -hmm. uh, she is the founder of Gecko, originally from the UK. So she is like, she has founded a, yeah, like a search agency or recruitment agency here in Iceland, finding um, talents uh, for, that are going to improve innovation, various tech. Yeah, exactly. Um, companies. 
<laughs> she explains it much better. Okay, yeah. let's, let's just wait for her to tell you about yeah, it yeah. in she, person. She, but, <laughs> but anyways, she, she's yeah. like, she's for, for me, she's a real inspiration because she's like, I, I love hearing stories of people or especially foreigners who come to Iceland and set up something really cool. Yeah, exactly. And she's done that. Um, and she has loads of experience in her field. It's not surprising that she's done something like really amazing. Um, but it was nice to hear a little bit about how she did that. So let's jump into it. Let's go. Okay, should we get going? Let's yes. do it. Hello, hello. Hi, Catherine. Hi, nice to be here. So nice to have you. It's been a long time coming. Yes, yes exactly. I'm very excited. Thank you. We've had our eyes on you for a while, <laughs> wanting to invite you on since like the beginning. Basically. Yeah, we were just saying how we like you were on our list before we even you know Amazing. got in contact. Oh my gosh, so, really this makes excited. me like have to really step up. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I think you initially reached out to us. Which I, we were like, okay, she read our minds. Oh <laughs> like, my yes. gosh, because I was just absolutely mind blown when I started listening to the podcast. It was just brilliant. So did absolutely you? needed. Okay. Yeah, I think like, you posted it on one of the foreigners in Iceland groups or something, mm-hmm. and I was like, I have to listen to this. This is so needed. So it's so weird when you did. I was like, <gasps> we've made it. <laughs> we've made it. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> But um, maybe we can start our conversation. I'd really mm-hmm. like to know a little bit about where you're from, yeah, sure. how where you grew up, mm-hmm. you know, what your childhood was like. Absolutely. So I'm from the UK, as you might mm-hmm. be able to tell from my accent. Mm-hmm. Um, and we grew up in a, in a town just north of Birmingham called Sutton Coalfield. Um, I'm one of five children, middle child, oldest girl. So, you know, mm-hmm. always just wanting to be the rebel and do everything my brothers could. But being a girl and a little bit younger, obviously couldn't, but just trying to kind of like fit in and in that kind of way. Um, my parents, uh, my mum was a teacher and she taught children, you know, who can't go to mainstream school. And my father was an IT consultant working for IBM. So working with tech like way back, you know, in the in the days before it, you know, became what it is right now. And Mm. so that was really exciting and like a real passion of mine sort of growing up. And um, I guess just, you know, we had a we had a great childhood. It was just a lot of fun. You can imagine five kids (laughs) just running around. There's 11 years between us. I've got a younger sister and a a younger brother as well. And we had a lot of fun. And I guess, um, you know, we used to take these really great camping trips to France each summer and we'd go to this little little place called Mimizan and camp for like four or five weeks at a time and we'd go there every year so we'd get to know all the other kids from all the you know different countries that were going there as well and it was just an absolute ball we had a great time so those are just cherished memories um, and also when we got like old enough a lot of our friends were allowed to come so like my brothers used to bring all their friends and one of my best friends used to come and then my little sister and brother used to bring their friends too so we used to have this big camp of the caravan and like five or six tents around where everybody would just (laughs) just be staying out it was so much fun so we were totally you know privileged with with that kind of thing and just you know my parents are from um so my grandfather was actually polish and he escaped during the war and never went back so we were kind of always brought up in this um you know, environment of, you know, you work hard and you're very grateful for everything you have and all of these different things. And that was, you know, very much part of our upbringing. On my father's side, my grandfather was a police officer. 
they were from Wales and um, you know you still always had that like humbleness about how you were brought up and you know even to the fact that I went for my first job <laughs> I started my first job the day after my 16th birthday my dad actually wanted me to start on my actual 16th birthday but you know it's just it was a silver service job and you know waitressing etc and um but it was like we were always ingrained to kind of you know work hard and 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 play hard and all of those things so mm-hmm. it was a really fun childhood it yeah. sounds fun I'm always like <laughs> when I hear people that have five siblings or like yeah. there's five it sounds like just a constant party yeah. all the time it was a lot of fun yeah <laughs> definitely Probably teaches you a lot about how to be with people negotiate these yeah, like social exactly. situations yeah it's so true just being around people and also being the middle child you know I am a pretty typical middle child I was a bit of a rebel and um you know always looking for attention and doing all those <laughs> other things it was always you know part ingrained in me I think and as I said you know always wanting to do what my older brothers were doing mm-hmm. and all of these things but it was yeah it was a lot of fun but. is Sutton Coldfield Coldfield Coldfield, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it in the countryside or is it? No, it's like 11 miles outside of, on the north of Birmingham. So it's not in the countryside, although we do have the biggest urban park in Europe. Okay. <laughs> and our house used nice. to actually back onto that. So oh, we spent a lot nice. of time in the park and mm-hmm. my parents still live, like they've moved from like our family home, but they've moved to the other side of the park and that's also still on their doorstep. So that's really nice. So It's interesting. You don't have a Brummie accent. No, <laughs> I've moved around loads. So yeah. I'm, I'm the one in the family. Again, I think it's just this kind of like middle child thing and just wanting to do a lot of adventure and all sorts of things you know hence also ending up in Iceland but um, you know I lived uh, in Oxford, Cambridge, Manchester, uh, London, Wales you know I lived kind of all over the place and I guess your accent just kind of like I'm also I'm also pretty good at mirroring people <laughs> it's Same. just yes, it's just kind of like one of my things and my sister would always take the mickey out of me because wherever I ended up living I'd end up picking up that accent <laughs> and then be like why are you pretending to yeah. have yeah. a Welsh accent exactly <laughs> absolutely and you know especially the mank accent I used to pick that one up quite a lot so. the mank accent <laughs> so it's just one of I don't know it's just part of part of who I am I guess mm-hmm. but just because I moved around so much I just picked up lots of accents and yeah this was tended to stay for a while yeah <laughs> so have people like have people said that your accent has changed since coming to Iceland because I know Sonia's accent has changed yeah, yeah. people and my accent changed. <laughs> people are like Clashy, why do you talk like yeah. that yeah exactly so. because you have to like portray your voice in a different way to be heard mm-hmm. I, I think really True. you have to kind of like project yourself in a certain way and uh, the way in which you know you have to be very crisp with your words and things for people yeah. to be able to like you know really pick up on your personality and all those things so mm. um, you know but sometimes if I'm like in a hotel or something like that and I call down to reception I kind of like have this British but Icelandic twist accent speaking yeah. English and then they always reply to me in Icelandic thinking I'm an Icelandic and I'm just you know chatting to them because I think that they maybe don't speak Icelandic yeah. <laughs> but it's not the case I just literally just start talking with a <laughs> with in an English accent but with a with a Icelandic twist yeah. <laughs> it's very strange <laughs> I, I really don't like when people think that I'm speaking English with them yeah because they think that like because I think that they're not 
I sound like speaking. Yeah. I'm like, no, it's me. I'm the problem. Like, <laughs> <Yes>, exactly. <please. laughs> it's, it's like me. Yeah. I can't quite get yeah. those words out that I really yeah. want to. So I'm really trying. <laughs> it's not easy, right? No, <laughs> it's not. So, how is your Icelandic? Um, it's I can understand a lot. I mean, obviously, I've got two. I've got two young kids, and they speak Icelandic probably 80% of the time in the home, and so I can understand what they're all saying and understand the conversations that are happening. And if I'm like round, you know, a, a table, I can kind of get on mm-hmm. and, and understand but the whole speaking thing is a little bit too difficult so yeah. although you know I do have private lessons or I ha- I've had to put them on pause for a little while just because I've been too busy but I will start them again but um it's just not the easiest to be but I was very proud of myself the other day I went to Swana who's my youngest uh you know she went into first grade so it was her first parent-teacher meeting and the teacher spoke in Icelandic the whole time and I understood the whole thing. Oh, yes. <laughs> that's a milestone. I think. So just I like, was just milestone. like, oh my God, check me out. Yeah. <laughs> I understood everything. Yeah. Is, I was very proud of myself. So that's a big step, I think, when you just start hearing the little things and connecting. But. Yeah. Maybe this is a good segue into like, what brought you to Iceland? Like, yeah, so um, I met my first Viking in London nice. <laughs> um, and we your first yeah, Viking <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'd ever met an Icelander before I can't remember meeting an Icelander before anyway um, and yeah we fell in love got pregnant we did it the Icelandic way got pregnant got married nice. <laughs> uh, then Freya arrived um, and then Swana arrived uh, two and a half years later um, and we were you know as typically, you know, London professionals working and just trying to figure out how we were going to survive in London with two young kids. And we were living in a place in East London called Limehouse. And we knew we couldn't really stay there. Um, it just wasn't feasible with two young children, etc. So we needed to look at the suburbs and the whole pregnancy with Swana. I was just like, OK, where are we going to live? And we were, you know, looking at the map of London and just looking at how you go to, you know, the different suburbs and where are we going to settle because having kids in London is like not yeah. a f- it's, it's so difficult, so difficult, isn't it? Yeah, because of just like the whole freedom thing and the commute and all of these other things. And I just said, you know, I actually had children in my late thirties, so um, you know, a little bit older than Icelandic standards as well, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I, I just said, you know, I haven't worked all this all this time really and then you know had children at this stage to never see them which is basically what's going to happen if we move to the suburbs in London we'll have to have a nanny we'll leave the house at 6 30 7 o'clock in the morning we won't get home till 6 30 7 o'clock 8 o'clock at night I just don't want that so mm. um, we looked at potentially going back to Birmingham where my family are and then we just thought well we might have the same issues there and while the kids are this young why don't we just give them a taste of of Iceland really and just mm. take them back to you know part of their heritage and all of these things and so, yeah, we made the decision to come over in May 2016. Okay. Um, weren't sure whether it was going to be permanent or what have you, but I just can't imagine going back now. So we're here to stay. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Yes. Once you have a taste of that kind of lifestyle, it's probably it's hard to go back. Definitely. I Yeah, absolutely. I just can't imagine really going back. I mean, obviously, it's been really tough these last couple of years because of COVID and everything and not being able to see the family. And my parents usually come over here a few times. And obviously, we just fly back and what have you. So we haven't we haven't seen my siblings and, um, you know, nieces and nephews since December 2019. And my yeah, parents since May, um, sorry, March 2020. So mm. it's, yeah, it, we're all in the same boat there yeah. Yeah. to a degree. So it's quite difficult. But but, you know, with FaceTime and yeah. everything else. It's FaceTime is a real saviour. It's absolute really. saviour. It really is. And just, you know, WhatsApp messages and just feeling connected. Yeah. And I guess I was always the one that had never really settled, like in the family, you know, 
in in and around Birmingham. I was always the one that kind of lived in London or Manchester or all of these other places. So living in Iceland is still only two and a half hours on a flight. Yeah. It's That's not crazy. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I used to go to university in Edinburgh and yeah. the trip from Oxford to Edinburgh was exactly the same exactly. as from here to like so. Oxford. Exactly. It's you know, it's not so bad. Obviously no. missing like crazy, but hopefully yeah. we'll go back for Christmas this year. So Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. I'm hoping that this is going to be like yeah. The traveling situation mm-hmm. will not continue yes. the way it has been I because it so is it, it gives you a totally different taste of mm-hmm. being kind of like ledigar, like mm. an immigrant in Iceland. It's like when you're stuck away from your family, it yeah. can be really difficult, mm-hmm. and Absolutely. especially if you have children and mm-hmm. you know you want them to see their cousins and grandparents and things like this. But yeah, I think hopefully this is going to change yeah Yeah. hopefully i think so i mean yeah the connections are definitely picking up and in fact the flights are now direct back to birmingham again which is really nice so you know we'll we'll figure it out and hopefully go for christmas although i do love christmas here i just love it (laughs) because it's just so cozy bring them over here instead yeah there's so many yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) i mean i have (laughs) 11 nieces and nephews and you know five siblings exactly five siblings so it's just you know it's a big it's a big a lot of people to bring over, but maybe one day. Are mm. all of your family still living in like the Birmingham area? Yeah, in and around. Yeah, okay. some on the south, south of Birmingham now, but you know the rest in the in the north where we grew up. So, mm-hmm. so you can go back and visit everyone, everyone at the yeah. same time. That's exactly. quite nice. Mm-hmm. So that kind of just gives us that opportunity just to be together. So I'm very excited. And what kind of work was it that you were doing before you came to Iceland? So the job that I was doing, uh, the last job was a global HR director. So um, for a company called Spencer Ogden, which is, um, you know, one of the biggest energy recruiters in in the world. And, um, you know, throughout my whole career, I've always been sort of very people orientated and building teams and recruiting and doing all those other things. And I kind of fell into human resources Um just I guess just like it was a natural path (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. difficult to explain um and then ended up doing sort of CIPD qualifications and you know getting certified through workplace um assessment etc and it was just a very natural sort of progression for me because even though I'm a little bit introverted and all of those things just being able to you know assess a people's situation and being able to advise on that is just a real passion of mine so you're probably introverted but sensitive yeah like people yeah. exactly yeah. yeah absolutely I think that makes such a good person in HR mm-hmm. because it's it is like I don't think people think of it at the top of their head that like introvert would be you know like the head of HR but I yeah. think it's it's a really <laughs> I think it's really powerful for introverts to be mm-hmm. in this kind of like exactly I mean most people would probably say I'm very extroverted just because Mm -hmm. I can just go out and I can connect with people and all of those other things but it is also I you know I have to be careful about not having like 10 meetings booked in a day and just being back to back and all of those other things because I have to have my you know my downtime and my reflection time and just re like find my energy and all of those other things I you know I notice when I'm like back to back either running from clients to back to the team to all of these other things I get home and I'm just so physically exhausted I think just as anybody would be but I then have to make sure that I have that quiet time and Mm -hmm. all of those things just to kind of re-energize so you know we are very similar mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) easily overstimulated need (laughs) our space exactly (laughs) and we sometimes get to the end of the day or end of recording a podcast and we're like oh all the words are gone. Yeah. I don't have any more words to say. Don't talk to me again. Me. Exactly. So it's definitely, yeah, that combination of, you know, I know I have to, I pick and choose. So I'll pick and choose the kind of events that I go to. I'll pick and choose the dinners I'm invited to and all of those things mm-hmm. because I much prefer, you know, just 
smaller groups yeah. I connect much better on a on a smaller level but you know if it's a big conference or something like that again I can you know I can assess the situation and pick and choose which which parts I want to be part yeah. of so yeah. that I get the most the the, mess, the best out of it and also you know others can get the best out of me as well and I yeah. think that's kind of important so definitely mm-hmm. curious like as you came from you went from being a like global head of mm-hmm. HR and then moved to Iceland yeah and I know like most of us know it yes. can be difficult to it get can. a job as an oh. uh, English or non-Icelandic speaking person yeah. in Iceland. Mm-hmm. And having connections is like just key in yeah. Iceland. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm curious, like how was your experience like when you got here? Terrifying. To find a job? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Completely terrifying because, you know, I had a eight, eight month old as we moved here and a two and a half year old. And I, you know, quit this amazing job who I loved and I loved loved the people I worked with and Donna, my boss, she was just incredible and I still miss her so much and um, just, but, you know, I kind of had that vision of, okay, we have to do this now. You know, I'm, how old was I? 38 or something and I was just like okay we have to do this now because I've still you know got the other side of my career (laughs) you know when the kids are growing up to still focus on but I was very prepared just to come and you know do whatever I could Mm -hmm. it was just you know I'm just gonna have to get over here and see and one of the I took the first six months out and just kind of settled the girls in and you know just got to know the city a little bit and settled into our house and uh, we actually bought our house um, before we'd even uh, ever stepped foot in it so we bought it when we were still wow, in oh so <laughs> the first brave. time I ever stepped foot in it was was the yeah, like, like the day house. after yeah. we arrived here <laughs> welcome home yeah, <laughs> I know. So, but we had you know obviously Valtu's parents were amazing and they'd gone around all the different houses you know you have this like it's just crazy the open houses here they're like sometimes 15 minutes yeah, yeah, <laughs> when yeah. it's just open for 15 minutes and people go in and there's like 10 offers at the end or what have you and um so they were just sending us loads of pictures of the houses that they were going to and um we're obviously extremely great grateful and absolutely adore the house that we're in so but that was kind of the first time that we we stepped into the house and as I said we took the first I took the first six months my husband had already um secured a job he works in IT as an IT consultant so he'd already been working for this company remotely while we were in London so that was all done so that was great so we knew we had that security behind us um and the yeah first six months I was just trying to find my feet and even though I have an Icelandic husband I mean I literally knew nobody apart from just his family members I didn't have any other connections at all Mm -hmm. um so the May we moved here and then um by the September I was kind of itchy and just like I need to get back to work I need to do something I'm you know I've got baby brain I've got all those things going on and you'd also you know I I guess I I was feeling I had two different kind of identity losses first I was like a newish mom you know Mm -hmm. my kids were only you know, two and a half years old and eight months. And so I'd kind of totally changed my identity from that stage and then completely again to come to a new country, not be able to speak the language, not know what job I was going to do and, you know, all of these different things. So I just, I'm a big LinkedIn user because I have to for my job because if I'm searching for talent, it's very important. So I just connected with as many people as I possibly could and especially all the HR directors and all of these different people and, um, most people didn't reply, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this happens when you're not very well known here. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a couple of great HR people who did reach out and I took coffee with them and they gave me some great advice. Sophie from CCP was one of them and Henrik from um, Advania was the other. 
Um, and then all of a sudden I came across this company, which was a tech recruiting company. And I was like, well, maybe I could do something there. You know, I've got a lot of technical recruitment background. I just need to start somewhere, really. Um, and I met with them and, and um it was a very small team. There was two founders who, you know, weren't even really living in Iceland at the time. And there was one guy called Christian, who's still a good friend of mine. And um, they gave me the job and I just showed up. I was given a desk, no computer, no no phone or anything, just told to basically get, get on, on with, with it. it. <laughs> so I was just like, okay, so how do I do this? Like and was how, this in recruiting people yeah, for this was, okay. So this was recruiting you know, technical people into into roles. So, mm-hmm. you know, we had a client database, etc. But it was really, I just had to find my own feet, really. And so I got out there and just started, you know, linking in with a bunch of different people, taking meetings with everybody and just built a network and a reputation really through that. So I'm really grateful wow. for that opportunity because, um, you know, even though I had to <laughs> just kind of go out there and do it very solo, it was, it was you know, a lot of fun and it, it forced me to to be out there and to make connections and to do all those things that I needed to do so um and then I um yeah and then I quit there after three and a half years and launched Gecko. Okay so you uh, I want to talk about Gecko yeah. in a second mm-hmm. yes. but um so you just basically reached out to people on LinkedIn for mm-hmm. your professional like yeah. to get into the like career market. Absolutely. But how did you kind of find your friends did you, yes. how was that process? Yeah, so, I mean, in the beginning, Valti has some friends who I'd always, you know, already was kind of connected to, etc., but sort of built a, a, a friendship base there. But my friendship base, I guess, really became stronger when I started, you know, recruiting here because yeah. a lot of the candidates that I was meeting you know, I really connected with them and a lot of them have become my really good friends. Yeah, <laughs> I'm good. meeting oh. so many different people every day and you, you know, you just kind of out there and, and getting to know people on such a personal level. And th- I guess that's, you know, one way in which, um, you know, people weren't really that used to recruitment happening like that here. When I'm in front of people, I, I really pride myself on kind of really getting to know people and mm-hmm. just, you know, you're not just finding out what their career aspirations are. I got to know you know, where they come from, you know, what their family life is like, what's important to them with regards to work-life balance and all of those different things. And then it just kind of grew and I just really realised. I mean, I had done agency recruitment before in the UK and I always said I would never go back to it because it's just such a, you know, very competitive, cutthroat environment. Mm. And, you know, that's not who I am. (laughs) Um, So I only lasted like 18 months when I did that in in the UK because I was just like, this isn't, I wanted to go back into HR, so into in-house HR, which I did. But um, over here, it's it's very different Mm -hmm. because if you can connect and you can build those networks and you can do it without being in somebody's face and, you know, tripping over the culture differences and all those other things, it's a really great job yeah <laughs> you're basically networking for a living and it's just yeah. a lot of fun so mm-hmm. building like your own like sis like your yeah. community around you Completely. is like because, yeah mm-hmm. love that so gecko <laughs> so you had you were working for three and a half years at the other company recruit, yeah, yeah the mm-hmm. other company and then like what motivated you to start your own yeah oh my gosh so um so i quit there in in december tw- uh, 2019 and in the March 2019, I'd actually gone through quite a big personal trauma, um, which was really, 
very difficult and completely knocked me and my family for six, etc. And I just knew that the next few years were going to be really difficult to be able to navigate and all of these different things. And I needed to regain some control. You know, I lost a little bit again, lost a bit of my identi- mm-hmm. identity and started to see Iceland in a bit of a different place. You know, it was quite a dangerous thing that happened to me, etc. So I um, just really started to evaluate what was going on and um I you know I suffer crazily from anxiety and after this thing happened again you know the anxiety started creeping up and all of these different things so I was just like I need to start taking some control back I need Mm -hmm. to really just take a look at what's really important for me and my family right now and I wasn't getting the satisfaction from the company I was working for for various different reasons and you know ethically I didn't quite agree with some of the things that were going on so um, I took the big move to quit oh <laughs> and I God. quit in the in the December and then everything just kind of fell into place. So as soon as I quit, actually, a few of the clients that I've been working with, you know, reached out and said, hey, would you want to come in the house? So because I'd already started to make, you know, I'd already been making those connections over some time. Um, but I was kind of still had this like, I don't know, like need that I wanted to, you know, do my own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but. You know, I loved the technical recruitment side. It was brilliant. But what I really missed was utilizing the kind of HR and people strategy side. I was really missing missing that. And obviously, I got to know a lot about how Icelandic companies work here and the kind of pieces of the puzzle that were missing mm-hmm. and just thought, well, we need an agency that's going to help with this. Yes. <laughs> um, so I was really lucky, actually. I was very fortunate because um, one of Valti's friends, um, a lawyer friend, was helping me um, with some you know, lawyer stuff, <laughs> legal <Yeah>. stuff. <laughs> and he was just got really interested in what, what I did here. He was just kind of like, oh, what, what do you do? What do you do? And, you know, obviously got to understand what I was doing. And then I just went to him and said, okay, I kind of, you know, want to do this on my own. How do I do that? I have no idea how to set up a business. Mm-hmm. You know, even though my husband's Icelandic, he hadn't lived in Iceland for 15, 16 years. So, you know, it, even him for him coming back to Iceland and working here was, you know, very, very different to working in the UK and everywhere. So... Um, and Ellen, Ellen Durr said, well, okay, so why, why don't you just do this yourself? And I said, well, I don't know where to start. What do I do? (laughs) And he said, okay, what do you need? And I said, okay, what I would really like is I don't want to do this fully on my own. Like I don't feel confident enough to do this completely on my own. Um, and he's, you know, an uh, entrepreneur, even though, you know, he's a lawyer, uh, Opus, and then you know, has some other businesses as well. He just said, okay, I can introduce you to a good friend of mine, Grima, mm-hmm. um, and maybe we could do this together. Well. <laughs> so actually I have three um, investors in the company. So three three founders, I'm, and I'm the fourth, obviously, and we just decided to, you know, they backed me on everything that I wanted to do so they could, they all brought something different to the table. So Ellie, obviously on the law side and, you know, understanding business here. Grima, again, on the kind of business side, he actually lives over in Budapest. Um, and Hulada is um, Ellie's wife and she's, you know, an MBA graduate and, you know, really understands that business side. So they were amazing advisors just right from the very beginning. Wow, you've got a good team there. Yeah, exactly. it's really awesome. And they just believed in me and they just... Yeah you know, backed my ideas. And so I came up with a business plan and a business model and just decided, okay. But, you know, we had to think about what was going to make us stand out from the other um, agencies. Yeah, and what is it that makes Gecko stand out? So we are, essentially, we we look after the innovation talent. So tech and innovation talent, but we not only help our clients attract the right talent, we also help them retain them. So we work on the whole kind of employee experience and just make sure that, um, you know, when we're putting good, pe- good people in, that they're not just going to, 
to you know leave two to three years we really want to help our clients just really have a look at that whole kind of employee experience and mm. um there was no other agencies just purely focusing on on this so it was kind of a unique a new, unique factor so I, I maybe this is not maybe i'm biased but mm-hmm. i also think that i just saw in the newspaper i saw some articles mm-hmm. about getgo and i it immediately stood out to me one because like it was all women yeah and then also like women that didn't have Icelandic names. Yes. So I was like, whoa, this is yeah. cool, like really cool. And like also helping uh, companies in Iceland, like finding talent. Yeah. So I was like, okay, they are probably going to make <laughs> real change. And like, cause it's a lot of companies are, you know, mm-hmm. a, a, also biased. I mean, Very. or like Icelandic mm-hmm. people, I mean, just like anyone, like it's just normal if you have a brain, Yeah. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. you're biased. Well, mm-hmm. Yeah, we but, all have unconscious bias within, within, within us. And that's some of the work mm-hmm. that we do as well. So yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that like that, immediately stood out to me and yeah. I think that it's like really powerful mm-hmm. and I think that it's like yeah, you have such an opportunity to make change yeah, also absolutely. which is really cool yeah we have a really super awesome team we're actually six now six women of course but mm-hmm. we it. say even though we're not a, d- a diverse team ourselves <laughs> but we work in a very male dominated uh you know field and sector so the tech and innovation world is very male dominated so we also bring that kind of like fresh approach to to our clients as well and one of our core focuses is diversity and inclusion and um you know over 70 percent of the hires that we've made since launching 18 months ago today by Yay. the way it's our 18 month birthday Congratulations. um so 18 months ago yeah so in that 18 months 70 percent of the hires that we've made have all been females into very male dominated teams so wow, we've really wild. helped them diversify their teams but um, and our team is is amazing. I mean, we have Anna from Poland, the other Anna from um, Latvia. Uh, we have Akla, who's Icelandic. We have Lisa, who's from the US, and then Hulda, who's one of the co-founders. She's also joining the team on a more sort of full-time basis. She's been doing a lot of advisory work for me, but she's going to come in as like our operations now. So we're, yeah, really super team. I think it's so great. And I think like you're kind of a really good case in point of somebody who comes to Iceland with like years of experience mm-hmm. and expertise and you arrive and you can't like get the job that you yeah. want mm-hmm. and it's not because you can't like you of course can mm-hmm. but there's so many obstacles that are in the way really so I think is. it's like like really amazing that you're helping people to like get the jobs that they're mm-hmm. like qualified to do and like that they could really really they, it's not just that they're qualified they could add something new yeah absolutely. to their like landscape yeah absolutely I mean we really focus on skills and experience as opposed to where you're from so you know we help a lot of Icelanders but also if there's foreigners living here and they work in the tech world then you know we help we help them just equally it's mm-hmm. like no different and we're just kind of I guess it's just that f- stepping stone, really, because it's difficult to connect with the people that you don't know. So we ha- just help with that connection regardless. And also, you know, women find it very difficult, whether you're a li- Icelandic, foreign, whatever. It's much more difficult to to see the opportunity of making that move. We mm-hmm. like that safeness of yeah. staying in a job that we know with people we know. So by, you know, me or, the t- or one of my team members, you know, really knowing about the opportunity that they're going for and helping them you know see the opportunity and why they're good for it it gives people that confidence so mm. it's a real yeah it's a really really important thing that we do i think <laughs> love it yeah love it. it's yep. awesome thank you yeah i think it's something that like i hate to say this in a way but mm-hmm. like um how it is difficult for a lot of people who immigrate to yeah. to get this job that they really want yeah. it forces them to create something yeah and then it brings like so it's kind of a blessing in it's, disguise mm-hmm. in one way silver lining silver yeah exactly mm. they, but you <laughs> create some like yeah. something really amazing mm-hmm. which is i think one thing you always have to remember is you know even though 
you know, it's okay to take a couple of steps back in your career. It's it's okay when you move to another country because you're taking on so many other aspects of, of what's going on around you. You're, you know, just trying to integrate into society, find friends, you know, just work out, you know, the shopping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. There's so many things you've got to do, but also, you know, understanding how Icelandic businesses work and all of those other things. So it's okay to kind of take a step back. Don't ever see that as like a, you know like a failure in, in any way because I think it's really important that people understand there's a lot that you've still got to learn by yeah. living in another country and trying to work in another country as well so yeah. there's lots of good stuff that comes from it and just like the the fact that you would be able to move to mm-hmm. Iceland out exactly. of all countries like that if that doesn't show initiative like <laughs> exactly. I'm not sure what does <laughs> yeah, really. so so true absolutely so yeah and um, maybe like more broadly mm-hmm. like what do you think has been like what or one of the biggest lessons that you've learned in Iceland? Is there anything that stands out? Anything that you've learned about yourself or? Oh you know? gosh, I've done so much work on myself in these last two years since the thing happened. So mm-hmm. it, you know, there's just been. I think the most important thing is just, you know, I, 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 I personally live now sort of more day by day I don't think so much in the future I don't I can't really control I always say I can't control what happens in the future I can't change the past I can only kind of focus on on the now um so this is a real big thing and I use these tools all the time in in my business if I'm having a bad day or I haven't heard back from a client or you know I I've I feel like I've made a mistake or all of those things. I just know that the day will pass and tomorrow is another day. We all have good good and bad days, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But before I was always running at like a million miles an hour. And even though I still do that now, I'm a complete workaholic. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit, you know, I have to I have to know that my job is never done and that actually, you know, if I stop at eight o'clock, no one's going to die. Everything's going to be okay. <laughs> um, so eight uh, o'clock, that's late. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. Well, if yeah. I stop at yeah. eight, it's right. <laughs> I, I, I honestly, I, you know, I do sometimes work till midnight every night, but I, I try not to. It's, you know, kids go to bed and then I just go, oh, I just got to do this little thing or I just got to do this little thing and I get like enthralled again mm. <laughs> because it's very interesting. So, um, but I guess it's like, it is that whole element of slowing down and that's what Iceland kind of brings to you and it's what we wanted moving from London. We wanted to slow down and it's definitely, you know, this last couple of years has definitely taught me to just live for the moment, live for today, you know, tomorrow, etc don't plan too far in ahead because you can never say never about anything or you can never predict exactly what's going to happen. And I think this has been a huge learning curve over mm-hmm. the last couple of years. So mm-hmm. it's really, yeah. Yeah, I, I can resonate with that. Mm-hmm. I like, sometimes I look back on periods of my life and I'm like, yeah, you were going a hundred miles an hour and mm-hmm. you're doing all of this, but like, can you remember what it felt like? Yeah. You know, like you, you yeah. if you mm-hmm. don't like, if you're not kind of aware of what's going on and mm-hmm. like more present, I think it's like time, like swathes of time can just pass you by and you're like, definitely <laughs> like I don't remember what happened you know yeah so true A- absolutely it's so true just you know it's difficult to do all the time especially when you've got kids and you've got to plan their whole lives yeah <laughs> and we have two two school age ones you know so I just started first grade now so the after school clubs is just I need a I need somebody just to manage this. Luckily, my husband is very good at doing yeah. <laughs> managing the after school stuff and putting it in my diary because if something's not in the diary, it doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll forget birthday parties. I'll forget all sorts of things because it's just crazy out there. But <laughs> so your your girls, yes, mm-hmm. do they? I'm curious about how it works, like mm-hmm. having bi- bilingual kids and stuff. So they speak. You said they speak mainly Icelandic. Yeah. Do, it actually depends on what games they're playing. Okay. So mm-hmm. that's also a factor. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'd probably say it's sort of, you know, 75, 80% Icelandic that they're speaking. And then occasionally they'll switch 
to English dependent on the game that right. they're playing. Love it. There's yeah. a system. Yeah. yeah there's so kind of, yeah. Was Freya, so Freya is the older one. Yeah. And Swana is the younger. Yeah. So and Freya's eight. Okay. And Swana just turned six this summer. And Freya, did she then, so she was kind of raised a bit like in th- for early years in London. Yeah. So, so she hardly spe- spoke Icelandic when we moved over here at all. Wow. So we were two, she was two and a half when we moved here and yeah, hardly spoke Icelandic at all. Um, and literally within, I'd say eight weeks of her starting Lake Scully, she was completely fluent. Oh, it's classic. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was just like, holy moly. <laughs> we just need to have like a fraction of yeah, a child's brain. Exactly. That's fun. Yeah. incredible. So, and obviously Swana was only eight months when we moved here. So she didn't, she babbled she didn't mm-hmm. have you know formed words etc so she just automatically just picked up the language it was really amazing so mm-hmm. they've just done really well just integrating so so proud <laughs> that's so good is your family do you speak english at home though, typically here like yeah all together yeah when we're all together all, yeah i mean swana is absolutely stuck on the fact that i i cannot speak icelandic in front of her she gets embarrassed she hates it <laughs> <laughs> whereas freya's like mummy speak icelandic to me and then swana oh. only speak english to her so we have this kind of like <laughs> little thing and every time i speak that's icelandic hilarious. swana comes running over and puts her, her oh hand in my, my mouth <laughs> it's pretty hilarious <laughs> uh, <laughs> way um, to keep you humble yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. but I remember when Freya you know first started Lake Scully and I was speaking English to her she was embarrassed outside school at one stage she was a bit like mummy don't talk now don't talk now no. because you know she didn't want to come across as different so they, yeah, yeah. It, they do feel it even though they're very Icelandic mm. you know very very Icelandic they still feel you know that they are a little bit different but actually in, in both of their classes now they have a good mix of, you know, children that are half Icelandic, half other countries. So that's also a really nice balance. So I think it's good for them to see that, to know that they're not the only ones yeah. because it can feel lonely, I think. Yeah, well, just difference is difficult at that age, isn't Definitely. it? Definitely. But I worked, we, we both worked at Lake Scholies before mm-hmm. and I was so shocked about how many kids spoke fluently, yeah. like spoke English fluently, mm-hmm. just yeah. through like YouTube, YouTube and stuff like that. And yeah, exactly. It was incredible. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, a lot of Freya's friends that come, you know, we have a lot of play dates and all sorts of stuff. They are all just completely fluent in English and they're just eight years old. So it's wild, isn't it? It is wild. It's actually really nice. Yeah. <laughs> it <laughs> makes my life easier. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I know, I know it's not, you know, we definitely don't want the language to disappear, but it's also not, you know, our job to carry it forward no. is, is what I always say. It's, mm-hmm. you, you mean know, the English? Yeah, it's not it's yeah. not us as foreigners that come here. It's, you know, there's a lot of debate about this in in the media all the time that you know we have to speak Icelandic we have to do this if we want to be part of society which yeah of course it's really nice and it helps us get along and things but and one of the arguments for that you know from the Icelandic side is that you know the the language will die if this doesn't happen well I completely disagree (laughs) it's not actually our our you know job to keep that to keep that going (laughs) you know we're bringing loads more to the to the country than just learning the language Mm -hmm. and let's focus on that as opposed to the fact that we don't do this one thing (laughs) I so agree with you did Mm -hmm. you have a lot of people telling you when you first moved that you should just only speak Icelandic still I mean I still do you still have it (laughs) I'm like I I can't, I just like close my ears when yeah, people tell exactly. me this. I'm like, I will decide for myself. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. That would be terrible for my personal mental health if I were to do that. I completely so, agree. And, yeah. you know, I listened to one of your episodes and you talk about that loss of identity and mm-hmm. not being able to get your personality across and all yeah. of these other things. And that's so important. That just resonates 
connected with me. That's not the right word, is it? Resonate, yeah, yeah. yeah, resonated with me. Um, because it's just so true. You can't get your personality across. And you're already kind of like having to reinvent yourself to a certain degree anyway. <laughs> mm, <yeah. laughs> to then be trying to join in a conversation in Icelandic. And then when people do switch to English, you've missed the whole point yeah. of what was happening. And you can't, exactly. you can't dive mm-hmm. in. No. <laughs> so it's really, it is difficult, but... Um, I always say, you know, when people say, so do you speak Icelandic? How long have you been here? And I always say, oh, five years. And I do, you know, a little bit, but, you know, not much. And um, I just always say, you know, can't be great at everything, though, can you? I can't be, you know, <laughs> no, you can't be great at everything. No. You can't, you know, can't be I'm an not a linguist. award-winning exactly. innovator <laughs> and everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't, you know, I'm not a linguist. It's not ever been... It's not a, a subject or a, an education that I've ever followed. And it's not like I don't try. I contribute to society on so many different levels. Um, can we just focus on that, please? Exactly, <laughs> yes. And the Icelandic will come if it wants to. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not that I don't try. Both Kochi and I are half Icelandic. Yes, and exactly. And half, um, like, English-speaking. English-speaking yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we grew up, I mean, I grew up in California. Yeah. And yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Clutch, you grew up in Oxford mm-hmm. or all around. No, <laughs> I you grew up, up all around. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's interesting how your kids are going to be getting. I w- sometimes wish that my parents would have moved here when I was yeah. two years old because it is so. I feel I'm not sure 100% mm-hmm. how it would be, but I feel like it's much easier, you know, to kind of grow up here yeah. and then move if you, your kids want to move to London exactly. afterwards to kind of. It's I just, think so too. Yeah. I think, yeah, just from that language factor for sure and just understanding the culture and how things work here and, you know, I just think it just gives them, you know, the choice when they're older yeah. to, to do what they want to do. Yeah. So, yeah. I think that like, I, yeah, I think that often about it is like when I have kids, I, I I'm really want to stay here. So yeah. I think it's, it is just a really nice place to raise oh, your it, children. and It's amazing. It's like a sense of, just peace and like the fact there's mm-hmm. never been a kidnapping yes. in Iceland. This makes me want to stay <laughs> in Iceland, to be honest. Yeah, like, it was so funny. My, my brother called, the, you know, the other day and we were just chatting and uh, Blythe, my my uh, nephew, just said, oh, where's Freya? And I said, actually, I don't know. <laughs> I said, she's somewhere in the neighbourhood, you know, probably at one of her friend's houses or something. And, and Blythe just said, but mummy, but, but to her dad, but mm. daddy to his dad oh uh, but you know doesn't doesn't Freya isn't she the same age as me (laughs) (laughs) and Dave just said well yeah but they live in Iceland you know they they have that freedom they can just run around and he just couldn't grasp it it was really difficult because in the UK we just wouldn't have that freedom so no I remember that I remember because I actually lived in Birmingham for Ah. like two months or something when we moved from Portugal yeah and my mum I remember my mum being like you take your bike you put it inside like you you (laughs) you like you tell me where you're going when you go and like it is it Uh is a different different sort of vibe in the UK yeah definitely definitely. but how but how was it raising your kids when you had young kids Mm -hmm. and you were kind of a new mum and you had newly arrived to Iceland Mm -hmm. was that challenging or how how did you experience that Again, so it was all just about like connecting as much as you could with <laughs> with yeah. people, I guess. And you know, there are it it is very good because there are actually a few, um, you know, sort of play groups and things wh- that you can go to, which is just amazing. There's one at Halkrinskikar and on a Wednesday morning, and we'd I'd just take the kids there and connect. With, and there was quite a lot of foreign. Uh, parents there as well as Icelanders so Mm -hmm. it was really nice just to kind of connect with people and just not feel so alone in the whole I'm a new mom and (laughs) I'm in a new country and I don't have a job and (laughs) all of these other things so you're just trying to factor in and and do as much as you can really I mean it you know you've got a lot to take on so it 
it it worked out yeah hopefully yeah. <laughs> if i'd have hated it we would have gone back but <laughs> i mean yeah when we were thinking about moving here valter was the one that was not so sure because as i said he hadn't worked in iceland for quite some time so he was like oh what would it be like though going back to like a micro market and all of those other things and i just said we'll just manage and if we don't like it we'll leave yeah. <laughs> we'll just see how it goes yeah exactly so did just it take, live in the moment did it take some time for you to realize you wanted to stay or no no so no after- i mean i'd been coming here for quite some you know we've been together for 10 years now i always get our dates mixed <laughs> but we've been together for 10 years so i've been coming in fact my first trip i was probably just going home from my first trip like this time 10 years ago um and then obviously we've been coming you know two or three times a year ever since so i kind of knew what i was getting into and all of those different things and you know as i said i, I was kind of just used to moving from city to city and i guess i didn't really see it as as too different moving from like London to Reykjavik in the fact that you just move into another place and you've got to make it work and if it doesn't work then you try something else I guess that's the way to look at it but yeah it's I I felt pretty settled pretty yeah. quickly so okay, that's mm-hmm. good. I was um looking at your Facebook profile mm-hmm. and I saw that you guys got, it was your anniversary of your engagement yes. recently. So you got engaged under the Olympic rings. We did. Oh, yeah. so oh my God, so romantic. <laughs> <laughs> so when I met Valti, he was, um, he'd been working at LOCOG, which is the, you know, Olympic Association for the for the London Games. Um, so he was working there and he'd just recently moved to, you know, the area that I was living in. And in fact, we, there's this restaurant that we'd I'd been going to since I was like 18, 19 years old um, in the in the area because um, my parents had an apartment there for you know many years etc. And I was staying there, and I went down to um, this restaurant uh, to just get some food and take out. And I know all the staff there, and I was just chatting to them. And then this guy came in and kind of w- sat at the end of the bar. I was like, oh, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> I know I didn't think anything of it, and then um, was kind of internet dating back in the you know it wasn't like Tinder or anything back mm. <laughs> back then. But just checked my messages. I was at my friend's house in Birmingham. I was at Lizzie's house, and um, and. I just was checking my messages one evening and had these messages from this guy. And I was like, oh, he looks so familiar. And then I just asked him, were you that guy that I saw at, you know, La Figa, which is the the restaurant? And he just said yes. And then we we just chatted literally for one night, arranged to meet and the rest is history. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I still have that internet conversation of just like, oh, oh. hi, I'm Valtier, by the way. I'm Catherine. And just yeah. like, <laughs> That's crazy. How serendipitous. I yeah. know. So I think we probably would have met you know, because he was living like above the restaurant and he would have been spending a lot of time there anyway and all of these things. So we would have bumped into each other more often anyway. Um, but just that kind of like internet conversation just speeded things up. So, yeah, we met then and then literally just spent every second together. It was just one of those things. And I'd actually just given up on like finding somebody to spend my life with and have kids and all those things. Mm. I was like 33 years old. I was like, I'm so over this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so over this. And I just got back from a trip from Spain with my with my good friend Lizzie, who's like a sister to me. And we uh and I was just on that trip just saying, right, that's it. You know, I'm not gonna have children. I'm not gonna, you know, meet the guy of my dreams and all these things. I was just so bored of all the dating and uh, and then all of a sudden he just like shows up. Viking <laughs> so Prince. It was, yeah, it was it was meant to be. Wow. But, yeah. I often think about how like all of these random moments mm-hmm. happen. Like now you're in Iceland. I know it's yeah. so crazy. Of all places, <laughs> it's so crazy, and it's really quite nice because some of the furniture that we have is like my grandparents' furniture. So they, you know, they're not around anymore. But just having like a little piece of 
of of them here. They would never have imagined that it would have ended up in Iceland, of course. <laughs> but it's all little things like that. But yeah, yeah he proposed under the uh, under the Olympic rings because uh, on Super Saturday, you know, when we won three golds, and, yeah. and I was pregnant actually with Freya, but we hadn't announced that at the time. <laughs> <laughs> this was so, like eight years ago. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. I just thought that and I was like, wow, that's yeah. pretty epic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not many people. No, it was really nice. Like the whole like Spanish basketball team were watching because <laughs> you, everybody went up to this hill to like have photographs and everything. So we had a, like a whole crowd of people and oh my gosh, it's very embarrassing, but also a lot of a really nice memory because obviously this lady was taking photos about to say, oh, can you take some photos? And, and then he kind of said, oh, Take, you know, take a video. <laughs> you know, I didn't. Was know it was just thing. a random person? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't get this wrong. Like, yeah. don't mess this up. <laughs> but it was really nice because a few people came over afterwards and took email addresses and said they'd got photos of it and sent us photos. It was really cute. Oh. <laughs> Did you ask him how he like came up with this idea? Had he been thinking about this for a while, or was it? Yeah, a, I think so. I like, just think because the Olympics were so important to us because yeah. he, you know, he was one of the first 50 people for the London 2012 to be employed to help set up the finance and HR systems, etc. So, you know, this was like a really big, amazing project for him. And, you know, we kind of met at a time when 2012 was going on and London felt like a really different place and it was just so much fun. And, you know, we were there, at, we went to a lot of the like pre-games, you know, the test games or what have you and so we spent a lot of time at the olympic park together mm. on that when you were first like getting to know yeah it. exactly yeah. and then yeah it was super saturday and we were there and there we go there he'd we actually go. taken my father to um a handball game you know a, a, maybe six weeks before or something to one of the test games and asked his permission first oh. <laughs> and apparently <laughs> when apparently <laughs> this is so funny when <laughs> when he asked and my dad said oh my god this is amazing gave a big hug like a, a massive thunderbolt lightning. <laughs> wow. When over time it was like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Like, is this a sign? Yeah, like, yeah. Is this a good sign or a bad sign? Who knows? <laughs> so, that kind of, yeah. <laughs> so that was that was a bit of the story. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think that's lovely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was very good. <laughs> Shall we wrap it up? Yes. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for coming and Thank talking with so us. Thank you so much for having me. It was so nice to it speak was really, with you. Really lovely. And we didn't. I want to like. Stre- you got the prize for Gecka, didn't you? But was it an innovation prize? No. So we've so we've uh, been nominated for a couple of different things. We're just waiting to hear whether we get through to the final. So okay. there's a few different exciting things happening. So we'll be yeah. keeping our eyes and ears yeah. peeled for that. Yeah. Lots of cool stuff happening. So. Yeah. And the team is growing. Just really super proud of what we've achieved. We actually launched on a, the 29th of February, which is a leap year. Sorry, I'm backtracking a little bit. Mm-hmm. On the 29th of February, which is a leap year. And when I pressed like go live on the on the website, um, we were in Poland and I spent the whole of my holiday with my parents building the website with, uh, with the agency and just mm-hmm. <laughs> what have you. But I pressed go live as I was sat there with lice shampoo in my hair, drinking, <laughs> I don't drink, so drinking a 0% beer to like celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just so glamorous. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, you know, not the champagne sort of finale or, no. or launch as you expect. Overrated. So. <laughs> Maybe when you get the prize. Then yes, yeah. <laughs> we'll have a big party. Yeah, we actually haven't had a launch party because um, we were meant to have one in the in the April before the Easter, but then obviously COVID first kicked off here. So we still need to have a big party. We'll have one at Christmas, I think, this year. Fun. Yeah, and you'll all be invited, of okay. course. Can't wait. <laughs> it will be a lot of fun. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for coming yeah, thank and you. talking to us. Thank you. It's been a real pleasure. <laughs>